Amen. Uh, we're back. We're here with Ben. Ben, it's great to be with you, bro. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks. Uh, we're super excited about our time together, and we have a lot that we want to cover. Uh, this is kind of off the cuff. I want you guys to know that just because uh, I think those are some of the most enriching conversations that you can have in God's Word. And so some of this will maybe feel that way, and that's okay. Um, but so we'll just jump right in. And the first thing that I want to know, and I'm sure a bunch of people from our con- congregation want to know, is... Uh, man, you guys have been over there for about five years. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so tell me something, you uh, specifically, you personally, what is something that God has really been teaching you over that time? Okay, well, yeah, I think um, um, you're typically, when you ask uh, someone who's working in a foreign culture that question, I think one of the first things that comes to my mind uh, is God has been teaching me humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I could say that probably for every member of our team at this point. Um, and just really a dependence on him, a dependence on him, his word, his promises, and his Holy Spirit. Um, because honestly, when you go over there, um, you don't speak the language. You feel like you're bad at just about everything you're trying to do. And so it's a very humbling experience. But really what it does is it drives you to prayer it drives you to dependence on God. And I think that is something that God will continue to teach me through the rest of my life, is that um, I'm, I'm too proud and I need to be more humble. But, um, but really, it's, it's something that in, in this circumstance, in these circumstances, in, um, in a foreign culture, um, learning the language and trying to minister to people in a different, in a different culture, it's... Uh, um, it's, it's a truly humbling experience. One I'm very grateful for now that uh, uh, I feel like, you know, the language and some of those things are uh, in the, in the, behind me yeah. a bit. Um, but uh, we're, we're consistently and, and constantly having opportunities to be humbled, and I, I just praise God for that. Um, uh, a couple other things he's been teaching me um, ha- have been just the power of perseverance, power of obedience, um, and the power of being bold. Um, and I think I look at my team. I look at the examples I have yeah. of uh, good teachers, of good evangelists, and, and really um, good disciplers. And it's just been such an incredible experience for me to be in the midst of those people and to learn from them on a daily basis. Amen. Yeah. And <clears throat> you mentioned... Um, just that humility and that perseverance and being around those that really help you grow and seeing discipleship and stuff. Maybe in the last uh, 12 months or so, what is uh, maybe one or a couple, but a a real win that you've seen in the discipleship area over there? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. And I think the first name that comes to mind is a, a guy from Western Asia named Isaac. Um, it's not his real name, but, uh, uh, he is a guy who has uh, been a believer for um, roughly five or six years. Um, actually, he came to faith before we met him, uh, around the time we met him. And he has been uh, a part of our fellowship uh, for the last year and a half to two years since we've been meeting. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, he, you know, when I think of him, I think of our team and the, the, the team concept of discipleship. And how we've all played a role in it, uh, in, in, his, in touching his life. 
Um, and that's been really inspiring to me. One way, you know, we, I look at Chip and Jackie. He has, he has lived with them, yeah, you know, and, and they have done life with him on a daily basis through Bible studies, through meals. Um, he, has, he has sat under the teaching of uh, Drew and Drew and, and, and myself. He's been in each of our homes for meals, um, you know, and, and it's just been such an inspiring thing to see him grow um, in his faith these past few years. And I think one of the main reasons I, I think of him when I think of a good example of discipleship is because it hasn't always been easy. Mm. Last summer, he decided he was going to get married to a non-believer. And so we, as, uh, as the church leaders said, we don't, you know, we don't think this is a great idea. Sure. And we don't think that you should pursue this, you know, at this time. And, and, uh, and he went against our wishes he, he went ahead and asked her to marry him. Um, they, you know, he followed through with it. Um, and he was really distant from the church for some time. Um, and I think that's what we see in discipleship a lot. Is sure. It's not always rosy and it's not always easy. Yeah. Um, but you know, through, through prayer and through uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, he is back in our fellowship. He has really thrived over the past nine to 12 months. And he's, he's taken on leadership roles. He has been teaching and uh, really just has been a model of what it means to follow Jesus in yeah. this culture. Um, and so that, it's just been such an inspiring story. And I wanted to share that with everyone um, just because he, he, you know, he is a, a great example of uh, a discipleship win. If yeah, you will. totally. Amen. That's super encouraging to hear. Yeah. Uh, man, I know that with... You know, you guys have a budding church that's that's really starting to take form with some yeah. foundation in it. Uh-huh. Uh, in order for some of that to happen, there had to have been uh, some real gospel sharing, some real sharing of the good news. Uh-huh. Uh, what's a major win that you've seen in that area? Yeah, typically in um, you know an unreached place, the the primary evangelist is the is the foreign worker. Mm-hmm. And we see that a lot in, in Western Asia. And, you know, typically we are the ones who are doing the sharing of the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just really the way it has to be until there's uh, a bit of momentum uh, among the, the nationals. And so uh, it's very rare that you would see um, nationals sharing their faith and leading people to Christ, uh, at, you know, at this stage. But uh, I mentioned Isaac earlier, and I, I want to continue to talk about him because, again, Despite some of the, the difficulties in discipleship we've seen with him, he has begun to be very bold in sharing his faith. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the girl he asked to marry him, who was, the, who was the non-believer, well, now she is walking with Jesus. Amen. And he has shared the good news with her. Um, and that will be a, a, an example of a young married couple in the next few years of uh, two people from Western Asia following mm. Jesus as a couple. He also, when his mother, who lives out of the country, came to visit, he shared his faith with her. And she, along, along with some of our teammates' uh, help in that situation, she came to faith as well. Amen. And so looking at, looking at Isaac and just the ripple effect that his coming to faith and his discipleship yeah. has had on his circle of influence, um, you know, his, his fiance and his mother now coming to faith, in Christ has just been such an encouraging sign um, in the area of uh, evangelism and, and sharing the gospel. Man, what a cool, like, when we think about our spheres of influence and 
uh, even even in Acts two, you will be saved, you and your household. Like we just we hear this oh, household yeah. over and over and over and over throughout Scripture, and it's really cool to see that come out in real life. Like, oh, absolutely, and and honestly, yeah, the the analogy of a a parent and a child. You know, we kind of view Isaac as a spiritual child, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and, and you parents out there know that when you see your child, you know, they, they consistently watch you and they uh, see your model for what it looks like to follow Jesus. And when you see them uh, following Jesus on their own without your prompting, that, that's one of the most encouraging days of your life, yeah. most likely. And, and so to see him uh, going out and sharing the good news um, is just, you know, that I think is what it's all about. And it's what yeah. it's, it's going to take for uh, Western Asia to come to know Jesus. Absolutely. You know, there's Absolutely. just not, there's not enough foreign workers out there uh, to make it happen. And so, you know, to see these ripple effects yeah. um, of, of evangelism and discipleship from the nationals is just, um, it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's not enough foreign workers. <laughs> but if you're out there and you're thinking about it, uh, man, so all this has sounded really awesome, and it is. Praise God for everything that we've talked about so far. Yeah. Uh, but in real life, you know, everyone that's uh, with us today and, of course, ourselves know that uh, not every story in sharing, sharing the good news and discipleship uh, is a win and is a great story uh, in, that, in that type of way. So what about maybe some challenges that you've seen around sharing the good news in the last uh, 12 months or the last season? Okay, yeah, that's, that's a great question. You know, and I, I come from uh, a sports background. I, I was a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was always concerned about my batting average, my on-base percentage, you know, the statistics is, yeah. is huge in, in, in baseball especially. You only and, wanted to play for the St. Louis Cardinals. Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, I mentioned that that uh, being a cross-cultural worker is, mm-hmm. is extremely humbling. Well, this goes right along with it. Um, if you looked at our batting average mm. of people who are following Jesus uh, versus the people who, have, who we have shared the good news with, it would be like um, a, an American League pitcher who gets to bat, you know, two or three times in interleague play only. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's those .0001 type statistics in terms of the number of people who actually come to faith versus the number of people we share the gospel with. So we're constantly failing. Um, you know, I use that word loosely. I, you know, I don't think it's a failure to be faithful right, uh, to right. share the good news. But uh, in, in the world's eyes, um, we're, we're seeing people come to faith very slowly. Mm-hmm. And it can be demoralizing at times, frankly. Um, and, and so I would say that is one of our major challenges is just persevering and going out the next day after being rejected five to ten times uh, sharing the gospel at a park or, um, you know, j- just not seeing the fruit you want to see. Um, is, it can be challenging and frustrating at times, but we always come back to the fact that, you know, God is sovereign over that. That's right. And God is the one who's going to change the hearts That's right. uh, of the people in Western Asia. Uh, he's going to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, do that. And it's not our job to change their hearts. That's, that's very encouraging to me yeah. to know that. Yeah. And, 
and just, just to trust, place our full trust and, and reliance on him to do the work, um, I think, it, you know, has been a great consolation and, and a great reminder of, uh, you know, who, what we're working for. Yeah. It's not for approval. It's not for a higher batting average, but it's for him yeah. and it's for people to know him. Yeah. Kind of that Habakkuk 214 you know, as the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the seas. And Absolutely. That comes whether they believe or not. You know, it's, That's true. it's still his glory coming through you. That's true. Uh, through your spoken message to them, like the watchman from, the, from Ezekiel that Paul references in Acts. Uh, so with that, there's some challenges in, in sharing the gospel, uh, but we also know there's challenges in discipleship. Mm-hmm. So what kind of challenges have you guys seen uh, over the last season? Well, um, you know, I guess this isn't rare to Western Asia, but I, I think with the, uh, the current uh, virus environment yeah. that we're in, um, not only in discipleship, but also in evangelism, we just don't have the face-to-face contact mm. that we once did. So the community aspects um, are, are, are much different. The one-on-one discipleships are now through a screen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, praise the Lord that we have the opportunity to continue meeting, uh, to continue doing discipleship, and to continue digging into God's Word and praying um, with the, uh, the small group of believers in our fellowship over in Western Asia. Um, but that makes it hard. You know, it's harder to engage. Yeah. Uh, we're trying things. We're, we're using new medium, digital mediums, um, uh, like videos and, uh, you know, uh, audio podcast type things. Uh, we're even looking at, you know, working on a website as well. Um, but you know, that, that can't replace the just sitting next to someone and, 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 and seeing the body language and the look in their eyes. So that's been a challenge. Um, I would also say that just on a, on a bigger picture from a, a missions standpoint, uh, especially Western Asia, um, we've seen a lot of Fall, people falling away, yeah. um, a lack of perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a lot of people who are fired up um, to come to know Jesus and even say, I, I am a follower of Jesus, but two to three to four months later, um, we find them n- not wanting to participate, not wanting to engage. And I think a lot of that, um, I may be trying to read between the lines too much here, but you know, they look to, they look to uh, the West a lot. They look to maybe American culture and say, you know, they, they have health, they have wealth and yeah. prosperity. And uh, so why, why wouldn't I try their God? You know, right, right. Maybe, maybe I can get the same thing. Right. Um, and frankly, I, I think it's been awesome to hear Tim uh, the last few weeks, uh, you know, as as we've been listening to the sermons about Hebrews, you know, preaching against the prosperity gospel, because I think that's really detrimental to sure, global yeah, missions. Absolutely. And frankly, when uh, when people think this is a ticket to a better life on this earth uh, with health, wealth, and prosperity, um, I, you know, I think we're doing them a disservice. Yeah. And so I, I, that that's been a challenge to overcome. Uh, in discipleship is just watching people say, ah, you know, I'm, I, I'm not any richer than I was when I wasn't following Jesus, right. so why would I continue this? Right. Um, or I'm not any healthier than I was, uh, so why would I continue this? And, and so just trying to make sure uh, that people realize that what, you, what we want is them to know Jesus. We want them to be there for Jesus, yeah. not for the things that he 
provides. That's right, yeah. yeah. Man, you brought up some really neat things uh, from the wins and the challenges, uh, specifically even uh, the discipleship of Isaac and seeing him grow and proclaim to others yeah. is incredible. Uh, you also noted the challenges that we that you guys are seeing over there that every, we all are facing right now, sure. you know. Yeah. The batting average globally, you know, for anyone that's shared knows that it's pretty low. Right. Uh, even lower where you guys are and that discipleship has its challenges and attrition even happens where people look like they're disciples, but they fall away. Yeah, And uh, man, you know, when we talked the other day, there was a passage that we kind of referenced. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'd be great to plug that in right now and just have the rest of our time together, just kind of focus on that one passage in John chapter six. Uh, so what I'm going to do is invite you all to uh, close, uh, press pause, sorry, don't close anything, but press pause and read John chapter 6. Uh, the verses are going to be, let's go ahead and read um, 35, John chapter 6, 35 to uh, 69. 35, John chapter 6, verses 35 to 69. Pause the video. Uh, read that section of scripture and then uh, bring it back and we'll talk about those verses. So you just read this passage and there's a lot of really neat things in here from John chapter 6 uh, about what Jesus says. And I think a lot of it ties into what you have already been talking about. And I think would be good uh, for us as we take this break between Hebrews and Esther uh, to kind of flesh out about sharing the good news and discipleship. Uh, you know, we see in here, Jesus says, right, that he, his, the will of the Father is so that Jesus would not lose any of the people that come to him, any of his disciples, that he would lose none, right? And, and that's encouraging to me. Uh, but then, at, by the end of the passage, we see verbatim, and many of the disciples turned away and did not accompany him anymore. Uh, there seems to be this dichotomy of he will lose none, and then he loses a bunch. There's a lot of attrition. So which one is it, uh, and how do we wrap our minds around this as we kind of see it in real life? Like you mentioned before uh, in one of your, your responses, that some people spring up, and they just seem like they're going to be a great disciple and some of the harder things come. You know, Jesus talks about eat my flesh and drink my blood, uh, this true discipleship, and they kind of fade away. What are, what are some of your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be curious to know, too, um, why you're encouraged by that, um, uh, maybe later, too. But Because I, I think it, like we talked about earlier, it is very comforting mm -hmm. to know who is in control. Um, and to know who is going to do the work. Uh, it's not us. That's right. Uh, you know, when we're talking about evangelism and discipleship, we, we are not responsible to change someone's heart. And that, that is the power of God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, so in a way, that takes a lot of pressure off of you. Yeah. Um, I know personally, one of, my, one of the biggest hurdles I've had... Um, in my life, in terms of sharing the gospel and being more bold, has been just a, a pridefulness and, and an unwillingness to um, to put myself out there and feel like I'm not succeeding mm -hmm. or I'm not doing something well. And, and, and so, here, if we if we look back and say, 
Jesus promises that he, he's not going to lose one yeah. that the Father has given to him. So therefore, it's not up to me, and it's not something where I, I can make him believe, uh, or I can do such a, a snazzy presentation or polished presentation of the gospel right. that it's going to cause him to believe or right. not. That's right. um, of course, we want to work uh, extremely hard. And, you know, looking at my teammates, I have just realized how important it is to, um, to know God's word, um, to, to be diligent in our pursuit of those people who we're trying to, to yeah. share with. Um, but ultimately, when, we, when we've uh, been faithful to that task, to step back and say, you know, God, I trust you with this situation, and I trust you, that you are going to do the work if that is your will. Yeah. And that, that is comforting. Yeah. Yeah. So my, you know, you said you wondered what I would think yeah. and what I would say, and mine is exactly the same. Uh, you know, you mentioned baseball earlier in a batting average, you uh-huh. know, that, that we're batting .0001, like uh, some AL <laughs> <laughs> pitcher that never gets in until the 19th inning to, to bat. Uh, and I would say it's encouraging to me for the exact same reason, because uh, I've got to share, praise God, and by His grace, share the gospel a lot of times in the last few years. And I can count on two hands how many, how many times... Uh, people have come to faith in those gospel presentations. But I would say that uh, in a technical sense that by the Spirit of God and His divine providence that I'm batting a thousand because God is batting a thousand on those that He will call and save. Uh And that's what I feel like this passage is telling us is that Jesus says, it even says, right? I mean, if we remember in uh, 61 or 60, yeah, 64, But there are some among you who don't believe. They're standing there like disciples. The passage in verse 66 even calls them disciples. But it says, for Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe. Like, he had shared the gospel. We had just seen him do a pretty neat thing in feeding 5,000 people. And then just previous to this, the passage tells us that uh, many people the next day were still around. Mm -hmm. So we don't know how big this crowd was, but it wasn't just 12 guys. Uh, and he's, he's doing these things, doing miracles. He's shared and taught. And all these people are like, hey, this sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden. This is a sweet deal. All of a sudden, they're turning. When the, he starts bringing in the bad stuff, they're turning around and leaving. And so I see that. Uh, it's encouraging to me on two parts. One, because I know that every time the good news goes from my lips, that God has given me the opportunity that I just have to follow through with that opportunity, and God is the one that decides what happens with that opportunity. That's encouraging to me because it yeah. doesn't leave it up to me. Right. Uh, then I don't have to, I think like you mentioned just uh, previously, I don't have to come up with this like snazzy bells and whistles uh, idea. That doesn't mean I don't try to uh, persuade. You know, I don't try to learn as, as Paul did on Mars Hill and really Absolutely. persuaded his audience. He knew yeah. their cultural context. Uh, but I also don't have to feel... Uh, rejected or guilt or shame mm-hmm. if, if my news is rejected. Secondarily is if I'm spending a lot of time with someone uh, in a discipleship relationship and it does feel like they start to fall away uh, or just disappear, I've had that happen, yeah. um, I can start to feel like, what did I do wrong? Right. Like, was there something that I, am I not a good discipler? Was there something that I should have done? Should I have done a different book study or done... 
a different book of the Bible or taught yeah. a different tool or, you know, and I don't have to do that because even Jesus watches people walk away. And which also kind of reminds me of uh, the rich young ruler, right? This guy was me to you from the face of the savior of the world and said, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know, do all these things. He said, well, I've done all that. And then Jesus said, well, go and sell all your riches and then come and follow me. And the passage tells us that he turns around and walks away sadly. Mm-hmm. And what we don't see Jesus do is go, oh, what did I do wrong? Or please come back. Or, you know, what if I had a coffee bar? Like, you know, yeah. like something, you know, yeah. he just lets him walk away. And uh, not that that means I don't persevere after mm-hmm. disciples. You know, you talked about perseverance right. and that's key. Right. Uh, we see Jesus do that too, but... Uh, it's not on me to be the savior. Right. Like he's the one that does that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, looking back at challenges that um, we have faced or that I personally, I think have faced, um, I'd say a lot of them center around these types of relationships where you have seen someone come to faith um, or proclaim faith in Christ and, and then start to fall away and, and, you, you, you know, you want to pursue them. You want to do everything you can to work to keep that person uh, engaged with the body of Christ. Right, right. Um, but in the end, there have been people who have just said, no, I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. And that, you know, as someone, like you said, as, as a discipler, um, is disheartening. Um, and, it, and it can be frustrating, um, and it can also be, you know, something that um, is discouraging. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that's one of the reasons I love that you brought up this passage is it takes the pressure off um, of the discipler uh, to, to be all things to the disciple yeah. um, or to the person who is proclaiming Christ. You want to, you want to absolutely do everything you can uh, to provide that person um, an opportunity to grow in Christ. But uh, in the end, it's, uh, it's up to God yeah. and it's up to him um, and his spirit um, to, to bring people to repentance. Yeah, but yeah. one of the coolest things I think about this passage in particular as well is uh, that it's not just always attrition. It's not just always failure. Right. That there's huge wins. Like, you know, we look at the reason we read down to 68 and 69 is Jesus says, uh, you know, I don't read the... The uh, Jesus said to the 12 in verse 67, I don't read, you don't want to go away too, do you? I don't read that as a, uh, a plea, like a meek, you don't, you don't want to go away too, do you? Yeah. I read it more as a strong, like, well, you don't want to go away too, do you? Like, that's how I read it, yeah. just because I know Jesus is a king, mm-hmm. and it, he's not, uh, you know, begging for people, but then we, ha- we see the win. Simon Peter answered, and this is, where, this is what I think you guys are seeing with Isaac. Yeah. And, and what all of us, if we're in a discipleship relationship uh, or, or doing uh, gospel sharing, or we want to know, like, where do I spend my time? Mm-hmm. Who do I spend my time with? How do I invest myself? Yeah. And if we're struggling with that, whether it's overseas or at home, man, look at Simon Peter's answer. Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. You, we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Like, what a win. Yeah, You know, absolutely. if you're looking for someone to disciple and someone to spend your time in and someone to 
invest quality, everything that you have. You don't think that Jesus, of course, he knew always, but if he didn't at that moment, that he's, I'm spending all my time with you. Right. And who's one of his inner three? It's this guy. Right. Yeah, it's so, so cool that you brought back uh, Isaac into this because yeah. um, recently, and before, I, before we came back, um, he taught a Bible study on the narrow road, mm. taking the narrow, the narrow road um, for the, for the uh, people in Western Asia. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, um, you know, one of the things I think that can be so crucial um, and, and it goes right along with this passage that you, you know, you just read, um, what did, uh, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm. So one thing that, that can, um, really strengthen discipleship, um, within a church body or within a small fellowship, I think I'm seeing, um, in Western Asia is that you base your discipleship on the Word of God. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a program. It's, it's not something that um, needs bells and whistles uh, necessarily. It is something that if you, if you come back to God's Word and you teach that from day one yeah. and, and you don't shy away from it, you don't shy away from the, the difficult topics in God's Word, and if you lead the church in a way that says, this is our authority. Yeah. God's word is our authority. That's right. Then that is how you make a disciple who is going to persevere when they see that example and when they see that nothing is more important than God's word. And, and we have it right here in our hands. He is giving us uh, a guidebook for discipleship. Yeah. You know, and, and it's something that we often, we want to go to other sources, which is fine. And, you know, and I, I, you know, one of my discipleship um, uh, p- pieces in my discipleship uh, was going through a book study. I'm not saying that's bad, but I think we have to show that we are centering and basing uh, the lifeblood of our church on God's word yeah. and what it says and its authority yeah. in our lives. That's good, man. And you, you know, kind of basing it on God's word and <clears throat> I'm kind of reaching with outside of the passage a little bit, but you know, we know that at Pentecost, who was the one that got up and spoke? Yeah. You know, it was Peter. Yeah. And Jesus had spent so much time investing God's word. And we even see in this passage, right? Verse 45, it is written in the prophets. Jesus himself is quoting God's word in his discipleship process, you know, uh, knowing the 12 are around him, and they will all be taught by God. I mean, if that's not a high Christology statement that he's essentially placing on himself, oh, yeah. uh, you know, he's teaching that to these, and then, you know, we're not 20 verses later, and Peter is saying that. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus mm-hmm. just quoted the scriptures it taught his disciples something, his true disciples, yeah. and they quoted it back to him. Man, that's discipleship 101. Yeah. Uh, if we could talk about that, you know. Yeah, and, well, and, and, and you start talking about Peter, you say, here is kind of the pinnacle of Jesus' disciples. But what did he do? Hmm. You know, he denied Jesus three times yeah, right. the day of his crucifixion. Right. And, 
And so making a disciple or uh, walking with someone through a discipleship relationship doesn't mean that that person will be perfect. That's right. And, and, and we have to know that. We have to know that uh, God is a compassionate God and he desires to see people come to him. He loves us so much and, and he is, um, he's willing to give us grace. Yeah. Um, and so I think we, in a discipleship relationship, have this opportunity, too, to, to model Jesus, yeah. to model uh, that grace. You know, we, um, this may be straying way outside the passage as well, but uh, right now in Western Asia, they are finishing up a study on Jonah. Mm. And um, it's just such a cool book and, and something I think that somewhat fits into what we're talking about because... You know, with sharing the good news, we have this guy who's, who, Jonah, who's doesn't want to go to Nineveh. Right. You know, he's, he's a prophet of God, but he's saying, you know what? The guys over in Nineveh are so bad that they don't deserve mm. God's compassion. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and how often, you know, might we feel that same way? Like, those people are so lost. Like, we shouldn't share the gospel with them. Uh, or we don't need to share the gospel with them because they'll never yeah, accept yeah, it. Right. Um, or we don't need to pursue that disciple because, you know, they're never going to turn it around. Mm. And so I think, you know, Jonah is a great example. Um, the book of Jonah is a great example of God's compassion. And, and to remember, you know, that we... He can do amazing things. That's right. He caused the city of Nineveh, who was the, the most evil of all evil uh, at that time, to repent and, yeah. and turn to him. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so let's not, um, let's not give in to this, um, you know, this myth or this, this lie that, that he can't do it. Yeah. Because he can. Yeah. And so that, that is so encouraging to me. Yeah. Um, and man, even with Jonah... Uh, you know, we see kind of the, you said pride earlier, and there's kind of these two sides of pride. Mm -hmm. You know, one is the, the flip side of what we've talked about, where we know that God is the one that does all the work to save. There's the pride that, that says, I'll do it all. You know, like, I'll just work. I'll never pray. I won't rely on God. Right. But I'll share so much that somebody's going to come to faith, right? Mm -hmm. We see that pridefulness. But then we look at Jonah and uh, this flip side and see, man, a pridefulness of, I don't want to share with them. Right. And we see that all the time. It's, it's like they this, don't like, deserve it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how, and how do we, man, uh, I don't know why, but I, I'm just like thinking about Ravi right now, Ravi Zacharias and uh -huh. how he departed and is with King Jesus right now. And man, that guy was bold, dude. And he would share with everybody, but with such gentleness, mm -hmm. you know, there was not puffed up pride in that man. And he would share with those that most people, you know, strong atheists that would say they'll never believe. Yeah. You know, kind of a Jonah, I'd rather get on a ship to Tarshish right. than, than to go to those people. And, and we see this uh, humbleness in a man like Ravi, or obviously, you know, like Jesus, or even later, Peter, mm -hmm. circling back to our passage, that Peter comes down out of the upper room in Pentecost and proclaims a message based on the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, to untold amount of people so that 3,000 believe. Yeah. Like, where, where and when will we start to see that a lot of times we are the Jonah? Mm -hmm. You know, we are Absolutely. the Jonah saying, I'd rather get on this ship. I'd rather not share with those people. I know I'm supposed to do this, but it, 
you know, and we don't want to do that. And yet God is calling a people to himself. Yeah. Uh, and we can have rooted, foundational uh, footholds and knowing that those things are true yeah. and go back to our passage of John 6 that he's calling and each person that he calls will be saved. Absolutely. And the same is true uh, everywhere in the world. Yeah. And that's yeah. the coolest thing about it yeah. is, is that that promise is for the nations. Yeah. It's not just for America. It's not just for um, the people in our uh, sphere. It is, it, it is for those that are out there, Amen. that are unreached, that um, that same promise um, that God has called people from those nations. Mm. And, and so, you know, one of my encouragements to you all is to remember that there are people out there that haven't heard. That's right. And there are people among you that haven't heard. Um, and we need to stay faithful to the task of sharing the good news of Jesus, um, whether we are successful in the worldly That's sense right. or not, right. whether they believe or not, we, we need to remain faithful and obedient That's to the right. task. And, uh, you know, so th- that is something that, you know, being overseas for roughly five years, um, being obedient, being faithful um, sometimes is, is all we can do, mm-hmm. it, you know, in, in terms of seeing people uh, repent and follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is the most we can do because like we've said, God, God will do the work. That's right. Um, and, and yeah, that, that should be an encouragement to all of us, I think. Yeah. Um, man, I think what a good place to probably end. And uh, man, I can't thank you enough for oh, spending well, time you. with us today. And I really think that that's probably a good parting application you know, what we've been talking about, this discipleship and evangelism, and you saying, you know, that this message is for the whole world. Yeah. And even bringing it back to Isaac and seeing him uh, share with his family. So let's apply that this week, yeah? Let's, let's uh, someone that you know, even in your family, make the effort this week to share the good news with them, uh, to share with them about Jesus, the hope that's found in him, Let's not be Jonah's. Let's really do an obedient faith type of action this week. Share the gospel with somebody. Uh, Also, if you're not in a discipleship relationship, reach out. Uh, Reach out and disciple someone or be discipled if you think that you're younger in your faith. Uh, Let's really have some firm firm rooting in that. So let's make those our two application points uh, as we close here. And uh, if, if you guys don't know, I think you guys are here for the summer. Hopefully we get to start meeting again soon. Yeah, we'll be here till the 1st of August, and we'd love to see many of you. Um, just on behalf of our team, I want to say thank you uh, for all your prayers, your support, your encouragement, emails. Uh, it all means so much to us. Uh, the fact that we have a church body back mm-hmm. here that is bought in to seeing the people in Western Asia come to know Jesus. So thank you. Amen.